Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for So I found an interesting fact about Naaman's leprosy. During the time when Jesus was being rejected in Nazareth, he said that no prophet is accepted in his own home country, okay? But then after that, he said in Luke 4, verse 27, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Why did Jesus say this? (laughs) Okay. When Jesus said this, it infuriated the people that were in the synagogue around him. They got so mad at him that they tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. They grabbed him. They're going to throw him off. And somewhere along the way, they lost him and he got away. Right? So I want us to consider that no Israelite was healed of leprosy except for Naaman who himself, he was not an Israelite, but in fact, he had been an enemy of Israel because remember, he had raided Israel and he kidnapped that Israelite girl that we saw up in the first verses, right? So let's just kind of get the picture here of what Jesus really said to these people. Why would God heal an enemy of Israel? Why would God heal a non-Israelite, but then God would not heal any Israelites. Why would he heal a non-Israelite but not an Israelite? That just sounds kind of backwards. Why? Because Israel was not worshiping the Lord. They had a false god they invented. Yeah, they called him God. They called him Lord, but it wasn't really him. They made up a god that suited their tastes, that said, your sin's okay. Go ahead and do it. I don't care. You're fine. It's all right. Whatever you want to do is fine. No, God's not like that. So, So they invented a new God that was okay with their sin, which meant they were not actually worshiping the true Lord God himself. They were rejecting him. The Israelites in Jesus' day, they were rejecting him. The Israelites in Elisha's day, most of them, they were rejecting the Lord God. And so God granted Naaman's healing of leprosy as a sharp rebuke against Israel because of their false God worship. You see this? Okay. King Jehoram, he had been pushing the worship of Baal, the false god, as their national religion. All the Israelites were going to worship Baal. That's the way I want it. Let's do that. Okay, so if God would heal an enemy of Israel, then certainly they would think he would heal an Israelite. But if only they would repent of false god worship and turn back to God again. See, that's the point. He healed Naaman, a non-Israelite, in fact, an enemy, to get the Israelites to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, that's our God. Why did he do that for you? And then the Lord could show them, because you're not worshiping me. You need to turn back to me 
and then I'll do it. So let's leave Naaman for a minute. Let's fast forward to Jesus' day when he was being rejected in his own hometown. Jesus was being rejected because they did not believe in the true Lord. They didn't want Jesus preaching about God. They didn't want to hear none of that stuff. They rejected the, the, the Lord. They didn't know they were doing it, but they were. Jesus was saying, no, you've got to turn to the Lord. Listen to the words I'm telling you. You've got away from the word of God. And so Jesus used Naaman's story. It was a story that the people of his day would have been familiar with. They would have understood that. He used Naaman's story as a way to rebuke Israel yet again. The Lord God rebuked King Jehoram by bringing this Syrian guy, Naaman, to be healed, okay? So now Israel was being rebuked again. Now you know why they tried to throw Jesus off a cliff, because when Jesus referred to Naaman, Jesus told Israel that they were rejecting God to worship false gods. Friends, do you see how deep 2 Kings 5 runs through Israel's history? Do you see how long the Lord has been working to get Israel to trust in him? Elisha's day was way before the time when Jesus walked on the earth. You see how patient the Lord is with getting his people to turn back to him, to trust in him and to worship him again, and to forsake all other gods that would try to take his place. Isaiah 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Friends, this is Father God saying, I don't share. You're mine. I don't share. It's like you marry somebody. You're not sharing. That's your spouse. You married the person. that They belong to you. <laughs> You're not going to go run around and play with everybody else. You belong to me. And the Lord is saying the same thing of the people of Israel. He goes, they're mine. They're not going to worship anybody else. They're only going to worship me. I don't share. I will not give my glory to another. Friends, we need to listen to the story, and I believe we should take this story as a reprimand for ourselves, as a rebuke to ourselves. Friends, our culture has a false religion. Did you know that? What is that false religion, Ray? Well, it's whatever comes through that TV set or the movies, or the media, whatever. And everybody that gives their soul to this new religion, they are driven to selfish, opportunistic greed. Everybody has this division going on. Everybody is mad at everybody else. Why? Because they want everything their way. Just like Naaman was, he wanted his world to run the way he wanted it. That's like that pride that Naaman had. People today, as they did just back then, nothing new under the sun, guys. People have invented a false god, a god that they demand must cater to them. When I step out, where's the honor? Why is the blessing not coming to me? I'm so great and awesome. I'm almighty. How come the Lord God doesn't just shower me with, with blessings and give me the life the way I want it? Okay, that's, that's not the way God works. We saw that today. Elisha would not go out to meet him the way he demanded it. They demand God to cater to them. They like these pastors that tell them what they want to hear, that God will just wave his hand around and give them whatever they want. You, you see Naaman in this. He said, oh, you know, he could just wave his hand and I'll be healed. Well, God doesn't work like that. Where's your faith in this? Where's your obedience first? These people like to listen to fake pastors that tell them what they want to hear, 
that God will just wave his hand around. Remember like Naaman said, oh, why didn't he just wave his hand and heal me? And they, they want these guys to just give them whatever they want. God does not work like this. He wants to see your humble obedience first, just like he wanted of Naaman. You can see Naaman in this, right? And these people, if they don't get what they want, oh, the fury is on. But let me put you into a scenario real quick. What if you were kidnapped away from your family and taken away from your home, just like that Israelite girl was? And if you were made to serve and obey your enemy, would you be able to have the same kind of consideration for your enemy that this Israelite girl had for Naaman? I mean, she was taken away from her home, and all she could think of was, my God could heal you. <laughs> do you, you think you could do that for somebody? If your answer is no, no way. I'd, I'd never do that. They, they, they kidnapped me. That's not right. Well, it's not right for you to think bad of people either. I mean, we're supposed to be the Christian here. But if your answer is no, then I want you to consider that at one time, you and I both were an enemy of God, and yet God still sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to serve us, us. Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Okay, friends, there's a lot of ways to die, and there's some easy ways to die, and there's some hard ways to die, and crucifixion on a cross that's probably the worst way to die that there is. Okay, he didn't just die. He died even the death of a cross. That's what the Lord did for us. And we were his enemy in sin. We were hostile to him. And yet the Lord was considerate of us. The Lord was so concerned about your well-being, he had no pride to prevent him from dying for us. And even though we were once his enemy, the Lord is still willing to heal and restore anyone, I mean anyone, who is willing to use just a pinch of humility and turn away from their pride and come to him by faith. If the Lord would heal and restore a proud and furious enemy like Naaman, then certainly the Lord will heal and restore sinners like you and me. Romans 5 and 8. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, that Israelite girl, she served her enemy, but her main concern was for Naaman to be healed of this impossible disease. Jesus served us while we were enemies of him, while we were hostile sinners, and his main concern was for us to be healed of our impossible disease, the disease of sin. But Naaman was healed. His disease was not impossible for God to take care of. Friend, all of us can be saved through Jesus. Our sin penalty is not impossible for the Lord God to take care of. Luke one thirty seven. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Friends, Jesus will give you a new heart, which will even change your words. It will change your conduct, just like how Naaman, he went from cursing Israel to blessing Israel. He was so proud. He wanted to be honored with his arrival. And then after he got changed, he went to Elisha. He didn't ex expect all the big ceremony. He was a changed man. But I want you to keep in mind how the Lord would not heal any Israelite lepers, only Naaman. 
Now that sounds, like I said, it sounds backwards. Naaman's healing was set as a rebuke against Israel because they were rejecting the Lord and serving false gods. Naaman's healing was a rebuke to Israel. And friends, you need to know that your story with God, how Jesus saved you and how Jesus changed you, will also be set as a rebuke against all those other people who refuse to submit themselves to the Lord God. Philippians 1.28, in no way be alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. Friend, I know you've got opponents. They attack you. They criticize you, insult you, all kind of things against you, but don't be alarmed by them. This is a sign of destruction for them. This is their sign that they're going down, but this means salvation for you. Jesus in you means salvation for you, and you're going to be attacked by it, but don't worry about what other people do to you because of it. It's their sign that they're in trouble. That means that your changed life is a rebuke to them that they're headed for condemnation, and they don't like that thought. So what's their reaction is to attack you for it. (laughs) Don't be alarmed at this. You just live your life for Christ. Let your life be a warning for them. And perhaps they will come around and give their life to Jesus too. I want you to remember how Jehoram got so mad at Naaman's healing. Okay, see how that offended them? Because they were unbelievers. They were God-haters. Also, even Naaman's own pride was so offended. And that's like today. Everybody is so mad. They're so offended by the lives of Christian believers. You ever recognize how every time some new thing comes out, some new agenda, some new attack method. It's always targeted at the Christians. Christians are always the ones that are under it. But that's okay. I want to tell you, friend, that's okay. The Lord protects us, right? But remember, we are set before them as a rebuke to try to get them to finally get over themselves, thinking that it's all about them. Remember, Naaman's uh, servants had to tell him, Naaman, this isn't about you. We have to help people understand it's not all about them. They're thinking that God can just has to just wave his hands everywhere and bless them to enable them to live their world their way. Friends, our rebuke might eventually bring them to a pinch of humility, like Naaman did, so that they can be completely dipped into the blood of Christ, the righteousness of God, and be saved, so that they can be healed and restored. Christian, you got your salvation now, okay? I hope you did. If you're saved, good for you, all right? But what about everybody else? What about them now? You got to represent your life to them, even though they hate you for it, even though your life is a rebuke to them, trust in the Lord God so that they can come around and be saved as well. The Lord used Naaman as a rebuke to try to turn King Jehoram so that if he turned, then all of Israel would follow with him and turn with him too, because he was their leader. Okay, that was the that was the strategy here, friend. How many people might yet be turned toward Jesus because they've been watching you? Yes, our faith makes people mad, no doubt. But always remember how Naaman was changed. All he wanted to do was worship the one God. He said that there was the God of Israel. But friends, it took a little patience on Elisha's part for Naaman to turn. A lot of the people around you, it may take some patience on your part before they finally get it. Just be patient. But then let me 
be a little compassionate towards what you're going through. I, I know there's a lot of Christians that suffer with this feeling that they have to measure up to such an impossible standard to be recognized as a real believer. Now, I'm talking about people who are never happy with their Christian walk because they feel that the pressure on them as a Christian is just too heavy for them to be good enough. It's it's kind of like how Naaman was when he went back to work. When I return to my job, there's these weird things I'm supposed to do, and I, I, I know <laughs> I know it's not right, but I'm in a pressure cooker here, okay? And friend, I understand you feel that way. It may be at your job. You're, you're supposed to do certain things that you're, you're just getting, you're getting pressured and you feel you just can't be good enough for others to be able to learn from you. Friends, Naaman had to realize it wasn't all about him. And Christian, I've got to tell you, it's not all about you either. It's not all about what you get and how people treat you. It's all about Jesus. Friend, I want you to realize you don't save anyone. That's what the Lord does. That's his work. But I want you to remember how Naaman, he was actually good at the job he did. He was good at what he did. He he was a conqueror. He was a military guy. He was good at his job. And I know you may be good at your job too, but you're taking a lot of flack. But if you get upset, like when Naaman got all upset, his servants had to step in to help him understand he was never told to demonstrate how good he was at doing things. They were like, dude, nobody told you, Naaman, that you had to do something huge. We know you can do huge things. If he had asked you to do something big, wouldn't you have done it? But Naaman wasn't asked to do anything huge. All he was instructed was wash and be clean. Christian, nobody's telling you to do big, big, huge things, so stop feeling all that big pressure. Nobody's telling you to do that. All you need to do is wash and be clean. Psalm 51 verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Christian, I want you to be comforted today. I want you to feel a burden taken off of you. That you're, you're trying to do more at your church. You're trying to do more at your fa- with your family, and you're getting pressured up, and you're just tapped out. I mean, you are done, and you feel like you're about to crack. But if you crack, Oh, no, everybody's not going to see me as a real Christian. What am I supposed to do? Hey, nobody told you you have to do all this big stuff. You can dial it down a little bit. You can back off. There is such thing as rest. It is godly. It's biblical. It's okay. You don't need to keep performing. Nobody told Naaman, oh, you got to do all this big stuff to be healed. No, they just said wash and be clean. Christian, I want to tell you, all you got to do is wash and be clean. Just be washed in the blood of Christ. Just be clean live a clean life. Nobody's telling you you've got to do all this big stuff. So just slow down, take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. Maybe there's some things in your life you need to cut loose of that are being just too big for you right now. It's all right. But Naaman did that. He backed down off his pride. Okay, I'll just follow the instructions. And he was cleansed. He was so cleansed that he had new skin, okay? Friends, Jesus can cleanse you unto new life unlike anything you've ever had before. Friends, if you're strung out and oh, you just can't take it anymore, remember that the Lord Jesus has cleansed you to new life. You don't have to perform great acts of splendor to get it. You don't have to perform huge monstrosity-sized great acts of wonderful things to keep it either. All you got to do is wash and be clean. You know, a lot of Christians think they're not doing enough 
or that they don't have what it takes to be seen as a real believer. Oh gosh, I need to go earn more money so I can fix all my problems. And they get into this super performance mode, unnecessarily wearing themselves out. Even if you're really good at your job like Naaman was, if you end up in a pattern like this of trying to build yourself up, looking for opportunity, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to make more gains than friend. You have just become your own version of Gehazi, an opportunist who's always striving for self-advancement. And if you live like a Gehazi while calling yourself a Christian, then you make the gospel look like it's either a scam or that it's only for sale to the most powerful. Maybe you have less money than other people do. Maybe you might be weaker. Maybe you're shorter. Maybe you're unable to work right now. Maybe you're not as prestigious as you used to be, but that's okay. Friend, you can use your story right where God has you positioned right now so that your life can show others who are just like you. They're in the same bracket that you're in. Hey, I've got the same problems as you do. They can see your life, and they will see that God is not a scam, that God's blessing is not only for sale to the elite. You don't have to kill yourself trying to reach that high standard that you think you're supposed to get to. Friend, all you need to do is wash and be clean. 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. (laughs) Wash and be clean. Friends, the gospel is so simple. God never put the requirements of salvation upon us. It's all on Jesus Christ. Naaman was denied all the customs of prestige and honor. The Lord would not cater to his pride. But Naaman's faith was tested to see if he would obey. Friends, the Lord is not going to cater to your pride. You don't have to perform big acts. All you got to do is be cleansed. All you got to do is wash and be clean. And one last point I want to make is that this entire chapter was started off by the faith of a young Israelite slave girl. She kicked off this whole thing because of what she did. She was concerned about Naaman's healing. So, friend, let me ask you, what do you think the Lord can do through you? Just give people the gospel. Just tell them about Jesus. Tell them sin is like leprosy. If you don't get healed of it, it will claim your life. But Jesus is the cure. He can purify your life just like Naaman's new skin. Friend, do you want the salvation of Jesus in you? You want that new life? Then pray with me. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. I am a mess, and I can't figure it out. I I don't know what to do. I'm running crazy trying to do this and that. I'm just wearing myself down to nothing. Lord, I just want to wash and be clean. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to die in my place on the cross, a crucifixion, the death penalty that I was supposed to take. Thank you that it got transferred over to you, that I don't have to deal with it anymore because you dragged it into the grave and buried it and did away with it. Take my life, Lord God. I give it to you. Give me my instructions. What do I need to do? Thank you for my new life. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.